Because I found out that my audio is not working. Oopsie doopsie. <laughs> Welcome to Crit Chat, where we get together and discuss the important things in life, like our new budget superhero film, The Tomorrow Lads. It's going to be available for people to experience in the coming month. Uh, this week, we have with us Alfred Clark to shock and amaze us with his powers of good boy, his good boy powers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's my superpower, to be good. Yeah, to be good boy. <laughs> Specifically, be good boy. Uh, we have Emily Kiklinski, whose superhero name I've thought long, long and hard about this. Couldn't think of anything better. It's very mean. It's the Punder Achiever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, savage. Hey, Ismay. Um, I forgot that I need to keep playing Kingdom Hearts. So I'm just going to go. Um, okay. So now, I... now, now our mean nickname is fine now. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to live I'm, up I'm to my expectations. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh no! I shouldn't have brought this out when Kingdom Hearts was out. Uh, we also have the man who carries an encyclopedic knowledge of D and D rules, Caillou. I mean, it's a very heavy encyclopedia. I will say. <laughs> so that's why your power is super strength <laughs> to carry. Really? Yeah, sure. Me? Well, All right. Sure. Whatever. Okay. The least off-brand of thing I could think of. Yeah, but... whatever. It's good. Uh, you also have me as your host, uh, Ismay Hutton, the comic relief sidekick that at some point they decide to give like a dark, edgy spin-off that is like wildly and widely hated. Wow. Uh, That's fucking great. I love that uh, like <laughs> brand. Oh my God. <laughs> I feel like your name would either... I can only think of rhymes. Uh, is a glutton, so Ooh, you, you nice. need to hog the spotlight and give other I people like mean names, or <laughs> is a button, and uh, you you're the mom from Coraline. <laughs> isn't sorry? Isn't the whole point of a superhero name that it disguises who you are? Isn't and it's not just your first name and your last name, but like uh, the rhyming word of your last name. Uh, Oh, okay. there's some superheroes that have their yeah. real name attached. It's fine. Right? That's fine. Yeah, and, and it never works out for them. Ever. Exactly. I mean, here, okay, counterpoint. <laughs> Nothing ever works out for any superhero ever. So, like, what the fuck is the difference, you know? They all die it's at true, least once. Right. Yeah, so uh, it's And fun. then they're fine. Superhero yeah. bullshit. Don't get me stuck on superheroes. <laughs> I feel like we have and we're too late. <laughs> it's oh. No, but, yeah, I, I can't. Uh, apart from superheroes, uh, this week we are talking about how to make exploration and travel interesting in D&D, a subject which I, I'm going to summarize all of my knowledge with it. First, this is, this is an Ismay exclusive. To make exploration and travel interesting, I don't do it. <laughs> I like <laughs> magic teleportation in a world where that exists, and I'm just like, yeah, for, whatever, you're there now. Or... Time lapse. Be like, hey guys, you walked a lot. Have a nice day. Hope you had, hope you had a fun time. So that was all of my knowledge. So I hope you guys enjoy the rest of the episode. Why don't we start? Why don't we start with some D and D tables? Because uh, Alfred and Kai, you were talking a little bit about um, wanting to use, wanting to talk about using D and D tables because they're useful and in the rule book which i definitely know i know that because i read them <laughs> <clears throat> i don't i don't really use them um, tables from the like from the dmg very much but uh, if kai, like kai if you do then i've used um uh, xanathar's guide to everything has a bunch of um random encounter tables 
listed by level and by um, sort of like environment, and I've used those uh, somewhat. Okay. They um yeah, so they're, they're sort of just like um, you roll on the table. It's a d one hundred, I think, most of the time, and it just tells you a bunch of enemies that you want to fight. And typically, I'd um say that it's sort of a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, okay. So when you, when you're traversing through the wilderness, what the, the rules just, uh, say one of the things you can do is you can roll on a random encounter table every, every day or so, or you, um, or you do a roll first to see if you have an encounter. And then if you reach high enough on the, the dice, then you roll on the encounter table. It doesn't okay. matter how you decide it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just, one thing I've noticed is this can cause some problems with some players. Uh-huh. Uh, because it just means that there is this, encounter that's about to come up that is clearly is a random encounter because they can see the dm's rolling dice behind yeah. the dm screen and because they know it's a random encounter it has it serves no purpose in the like in the progress of the story it's just there as filler to uh make the world seem realistic i guess okay and so um it's just uh it's just this pointless threat that's put in front of them mm. <laughs> So so is the uh so do you so so I would um so my when I use random encounter this is why I mean th- yeah so I, I I think you were saying this is why you don't use those tables from so much from I, I do I mean you do I, but slightly differently sure sure um, um yeah like I like I would totally agree with that um sentiment um I definitely like my encounter when I'm rolling uh, thinking about encounter tables it's definitely got to be stuff that will be relevant uh, not not always stuff that will be relevant but like I will I would include uh, things that could be story relevant or relevant to certain characters in my tables yeah. kind of thing and I, presumably that's yeah, what so you would go on and say sorry <laughs> typically I'll, typically what I, what I suggest is making your own encounter tables which is more suited to your environment as Alfred said uh, ones that are suited to your players but also ones that just not every single encounter is a combat encounter. Um, okay. It could just be you run into, like, a, a travelling uh, sword seller. He's selling swords. <laughs> <laughs> you know, everyone's favourite, the, the, the forest-dwelling sword seller. Mm. Sword seller. It's assuming they're, like, on a road. <laughs> okay. <you know? laughs> Even just something like you find a bunch of mushrooms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like my, see, my players hate mushrooms. <laughs> yeah. ah, okay. Is that a story that you have there? <laughs> uh, one of the in one of the very first encounters, uh, they took a wrong turn because they did not investigate as well as they should have, and they had to go through instead of just going directly to the witch, uh, they had to go through a mushroom maze where hitting certain mushrooms, eating certain mushrooms, talking to certain mushrooms. <laughs> A time seducing certain mushrooms, of course, D and D was uh, <laughs> was what got them forward to this. To which, at this point, every time I say they enter a new room, they're like, "Emily, is there a freaking mushroom in this place?" <laughs> and I go, "No, but there can be." To which they leave the room. 
that's very good. <laughs> that's very good. You've got like your own inbuilt like stoppage. Of, like anytime like your players want to go somewhere that you're like, I haven't prepared this. Just be like, oh yeah, it's our <laughs> new friend, the mushroom room. That's good. The mushrooms are the equivalent of the gummy ship in Kingdom Hearts. Nobody <laughs> likes it, but I, I throw it in there anyway. Yeah, I'm also a. I, my heart is not f- filled with ki- kingdom. Yeah, I don't so have a kingdom. I, I <laughs> so I've, I've not done this. Let me explain too much you. For me. Let me let you <laughs> explain me a explain kingdom of hearts. Explain us a kingdom hearts. <laughs> this you... is this is the podcast within a podcast. Um, Emily explains us a kingdom hearts. Can you explain all of it, please? Because I hear that yes. a lot. Do you like explain to, like, have a comprehensive all of kingdom Understanding. I I, 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 I I did watch that one video by BDG, so I'm, 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 I'm oh, mostly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I got... do understand the entire plot, but it's yeah. okay. Do, I, I understand how do. stories are told now. I'm not sure about kingdom hearts. <laughs> <laughs> I just okay. I feel like I understand every other story. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. especially. <laughs> but uh, I would like to dedicate this next. I'm gonna get a, a timer up. <laughs> I want to get a timer up and have Emily in that time tell us the entirety of Kingdom Hearts and what it is and why it is. <laughs> I love this game. <laughs> How much is a fair amount of time? Is like is like a minute too long or like the minute sounds right? It feels right to me. Good? Let's. Uh, Okay. Let's say one minute forty-seven. One minute? No. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Why not? You know what? Split the difference. One minute. <laughs> okay, you have one minute to do Kingdom Hearts. Ready? Three, okay. two, one. Start. Once upon a time, there was this evil dude. I think, if I remember right, because he has very many names. His name is Xanort. Xanort is like, you know what? I hate this fucking kid. I'm gonna ruin his life. And then he splits himself into 13 different people, thus becoming Jesus. Organization 13. Which doesn't happen concurrently with the way that you play the game, but you know what? Who cares? Uh, Sora is this boy who Xanort hates. Sora lives on an island with his two best friends, Riku and Kairi. Kairi does nothing. Riku is just kinda edgy. Uh, 30 seconds. <laughs> Sora goes on very many adventures that are Disney-related. He ends up killing himself, becoming a Heartless, and then he has a Heartless who becomes a human uh, who lives in a video game and also doesn't live in a video game. And anyway, he does a lot of good, and then all this shit happens, and 15. Xanort's like, fuck you. And Sora's like, fuck you! But also, I love you because I love people. And uh, he kind of ends up succeeding. And gummy ships, let me talk five, to you about those. Four, this is outside three, of the realm two, of five, four, three, one, two, one. Done. <laughs> Where the fuck does Mickey Mouse come into this? He oh, wait, is... there, it's a video game, but there's video games in the video game? What? Oh, and there's data inside of Sora. Yes. Where's so- my friend Mickey the Mouse? Mickey the Mouse <laughs> Is like a great Keyblade master. He was like what a king. Is that? He's, a, he, he's a king, pretty much. But he oh answers to Yid. Uh, Yiddish? Yid Sid, which what? is what? Disney backwards. He's the magic Fuck. wizard. Oh. No, no, wait, 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 no. no. Is that a real one? Is that real? Is that a real one, or is that just you lying to us? No, he's real. He's oh in my God. Is? Yeah. Are you kidding me? No, I'm Fuck not kidding you. Dra- Disney, oh, Disney, Kingdom Hearts. Mickey Mouse's master is Yid Sid. That I, hate that. I can't. I and can't. And Kingdom Hearts this. Three begins. I with hate Yid every Sid part being. of that. 
Okay, but let me tell you about gummy ships really quick before we talk about travel. I really need to talk about gummy ships. Okay, okay. I forgot. Wait, first remind me why this was linked to travel. It was linked to travel somehow. But mushrooms. <laughs> mushrooms. Because mushrooms was linked to travel. I'm back on board. This is Emily talking about travel and D&D using the gummy ship as a platform. Ready? Begin. Mm. The gummy ship... <laughs> Okay. (laughs) The gummy ship is this weird, stupid-looking block ship that I guess some people love, at least the developers like, and you kind of get to discover worlds on your own, but you have to, like, shoot through debris, and if you die, you have to restart all the way over, and it's just really annoying, and you have to, like, build up your ship instead of just being like, I'm gonna fast travel to this other world. So they're like, you know what, like, in D&D, in order to... achieve any true feeling that you've actually traveled we actually have to have you discover things along the way and maybe yourself and so i hate the gummy ship and i'm not the greatest at traveling and finding reasons to travel the gummy ship sounds really cool i'm looking at the gummy ship now i don't like it (laughs) and they haven't changed the design for it either it's been 13 years and it looks the exact same it looks like somewhat like um, the developer was like, hey, my, my kid made this thing out of Legos. And then so I was like, no one cares about your child, Dan. And then Dan was like, well, fuck you. Now it's in the game. See who <laughs> yeah. cares now. Bastards. It looks like it looks like an everlasting gobstopper from the original Willy Wonka is now a ship. <laughs> <laughs> I feel it's that. An, okay. <laughs> it is an interesting design, I must say. It It's. Well, it's, I feel like it's the lack of interest uh, that I have in it that's actually the the thing that I'm concentrating on because I don't like it. Um, I are those I, guns? Yep, <laughs> yep. Like, yeah. Remember, it, you're shooting through things for reasons beyond. Isn't uh, this like what a I sort understand. of sorcery game? Why are they guns? Because <laughs> good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I'll never understand the kingdom hearts. It's so good, uh, but it's... so stupid, and I love it. <laughs> oh, Christ. Okay, so the gummy ship is traveling because fuck both of them, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and Emily doesn't like travel. <laughs> Emily likes plot development. She doesn't right. like a glorified loading screen. <laughs> right! Wow. I feel like honestly, that I like I'm on board with this. I I feel that because I don't know. Like the the only times that I've let but- travel happen in games are when I've run out of things to do, and I was like, oh well, you have to get to this new place, and um, I, I guess have some combat that goes along the way. I mean, I get I I feel like there's there's two angles to come at that from. Like I I think that I mean, firstly, it can be I mean, it can be a game on itself. Like with uh, like. You know, if you're if you're tracking time a lot, then it, it matters. If you're tracking, uh, if if you're not really playing um, like fifth edition, fifth edition, like if you're playing a more <laughs> like bare bones, like fantasy, maybe low low magic kind of game, uh, uh. exploration and travel becomes a lot more of like a a source of gaming. Uh, like it's it's like you're you're making interesting decisions uh, about how you're going to get from point A to point B. In fifth edition, it doesn't a lot of it doesn't make, like that that whole gameplay aspect doesn't make sense a lot of the time because of all the weird magic stuff that you have it can still be interesting um and i think uh like the module tomb of annihilation uh does a really good job of using uh, travel and exploration to create a really good 
sense of place and because like because D isn't about like going from plot point to plot point it's about like experiencing a story right um yeah i think i mean i mean you know that's i mean we're, we're just <laughs> i'm just cherry picking bits of stuff that D is about but like building a really good sense of place is um important and uh, a lot of the fun of the game is imagining and feeling like you're in this place and kind of coming up against obstacles um that are imposed by the unique environment i think when, when you think about travel and exploration i think the first thing you think of is like going from this city along some roads in a kingdom to another city and i think that that is pretty uninteresting and you don't need to do anything with that right at the table but um when you're thinking about real wilderness uh, i think it becomes interesting like um so some examples would be like i mean like tomb of annihilation is like a jungle island all of the island that isn't next to like the sea um is basically completely uncharted um so you you actually do get this sense of like you're mapping the thing and it like the the gameplay elements tie into the like um the kind of plot uh, aspect like like it, it ties into the fantasy of being a like a jungle explorer right uh like you're discovering these places that nobody knows how to get to and um and there's also like um i have a really cool book on um like underdark exploration and making that really unique and different to um you know so it's it's all about reinforcing like this is the place that you're in and this is why it's hard to be here and but also uh the, yeah so that was point a point b uh <laughs> you can totally uh i think i think it's a good it's a good place to introduce plot things like you can be like if, if because you can have uh, lots of different stories going on right and you have lots of player characters you have lots of npcs you can have random encounters on your encounter table that you're rolling so that at some random point uh someone might uh come across like a plot point for them right again tomb of annihilation is good with this because you get like you get like an npc guide right at the start and um all of the guides have their own like affiliations and um things that they're trying to achieve each one has its own side quest for you and like all this but um all the encounters uh, that can happen while you're exploring the jungle a lot of them you know like all the, the the guides will react differently to them so you're going to learn stuff about the guides um while you're dealing with this encounter kind of thing so i think it's good for that um see i've all of all of the things that i've ever done with uh exploration i it, it's always felt like kind of i don't know i guess clunky to me like i i would love a way to make it seem less like people are like we want to go here and then me rolling and being like okay cool on your way there all of these things happen i i think that travel depends on the temperament of the players Mm -hmm. Um, I know myself as a player, I suck at open world <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. I, I need like a sense of direction with where I'm going. Yeah. Um, and I find that happens with my players too, because I'll even just leave them in a room for mm -hmm. a couple of minutes. That's big and expansive. Expansive. Uh, expansive. <laughs> and unless I describe the room with extreme detail, they don't know where to go or where to look. Um, mm -hmm. And if I let them out on an open road, they don't know what to do. And I think there there needs to be a level of training for the DM to figure out how their players think mm -hmm. in order for travel to actually work really well. Because, yeah, I've, I've never really been able to do it where they're not just like, we have to travel. And I'm not just like, oh, I have to travel. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, to be fair, a lot of it might be them like taking from me be like okay well i guess you travel which might be why they are unenthused about it but like oop 
Oops, and I don't mean to effect. be. I don't mean to be a Debbie Downer about it. Um, <laughs> but I don't. I don't know how you guys think or how to trick players into how to <laughs> trick giving players a direction without them latching onto it for travel or. Mm-hmm. How to make nobody think that they're boarding a gummy ship to failure. I, mean, <laughs> I feel like if if the players don't have a direction before they set out, then I don't know why they would be exploring, right? Like if if you're yeah. if you're if you're traveling, you're trying to get to point B. And if you're exploring, you're trying to get to point B, but you don't know exactly where point B is, so you're kind of like running an expedition into the unknown, right? Uh, so I guess I'm, I'm I don't know I'm yeah yeah I think we're just lost really yeah I'm trying to think of just me saying this makes me think that it's not going to happen and it's just going to be uh, an exercise in futility but whatever fuck it if that's not what Chat is all about I don't know what we're doing but if there's a way that we can manufacture that would make travel more interesting I'm imagining a system in which they're they're trying to get from point A to point B. Uh, point B is not like on a direct road from point A, uh, and the kind of ramifications of them searching how to get there. Because I I normally use just like get a survival check, and if it goes very wrong, then there's like okay, you wander in one direction for a while and then realize it's wrong, and then you have to go another way. Maybe there's an encounter because of that. But I'm wondering if there's a system that we could use that you do that kind of survival check and based on the results, uh, there's like a set amount of different things that can happen. Like, for instance, um, if they roll, uh, they roll like a one to five because they're sweet hot garbage. They manage to stumble into whatever, like your, your dragon lair or just like combat encounters or whatever. Um, and if they get like a seven to 10, I'm trying to think like something along the lines of they find something, a species or something in the, the area that they're in that they don't think anyone's ever discovered before that can have like dangerous consequences. And so they have to first figure out what this thing is, maybe take some of it and try and like work through all of the bad the bad things about it. But they still have a sense of they've found something new in the world, I guess. Does this make any sense? Is this anything? <laughs> yeah, no, this makes sense. This is <laughs> yeah. sort of how I do it, Atat. Um I don't have a codified rule system. Mm-hmm. But um when I uh when I know my players are gonna be traveling, beforehand I think about what sort of encounters uh, will they will they run into? And I would say encounters is not just combat encounters. It's just do they discover anything? Do they discover yeah. mushrooms? Um, mushrooms. <laughs> uh, and so uh, when I'm looking for combat encounters, that's when I'll use the tables in Xanathar's Guide to everything. I might just look through them to look for monsters that are appropriate to this environment for this particular level, or I might actually roll on it. And if I like the results, I'll use them. That's yeah. that's when I recommend using the tables, just as inspiration. Mm-hmm. And then uh, if when they're traveling, there it does require a survival check because they might not know how to get there specifically. Again, like I'll just look at the result and see how well or how bad they did, just like any other check, and sort of choose how how severe the encounter should be. Yeah. Uh, just 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 by eye, as opposed to like trying to figure out a yeah like a special codified system. Yeah, I feel like so so. I mean, so firstly, um, in Tomb of Annihilation, there's a cool mechanic for like as you're traveling, you make survival checks to see if you're like traveling on course. 
Um, and then mm-hmm. uh, without the players knowing, um, they could be ex- in a different hex to the hex that they think they're in, which is kind of a kind like a kind of to do with that. Yeah, with with uh, with like um, the severity of the encounter. Um, like I think like I mean when 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 it's a random encounter, I almost never the players always have a chance to completely avoid it basically um uh-huh. yeah if the encounter happens they'll be like someone roll me a perception check uh you notice these things roll roll, roll stealth or like roll whatever so that we see whether the they can like who who knows that the other per, the other thing is there right like do the players know what, that the monsters are there do the monsters know that the players are there um and that will like determine what happens and the players can assess like like if you can see these monsters and you're like wow those those are some big that's some we can't, i don't know like that it, it, we would struggle to take that on let's just like creep s- slowly away <laughs> yeah um, and that's fine and it's still like oh we had a tense moment uh in the jungle where they almost we almost got seen by this weird monster thing i don't know um and then uh on the other side if it's like not a combat encounter like it's just then it's just kind of a thing that they can interact with um or not i i think of them also a little bit like giving people props if your players are relatively into um role-playing off of each other um then just coming across something interesting might be an opportunity for someone to say something and then to have a little scene depending on what it is uh but yeah yeah. Uh, like i I think that that's nice it's a way to make it feel like time is passing and you're journeying as well like if you're just like oh this is an interesting thing that you see and you just describe the scene uh and then you can just say uh uh, would would anyone like to do anything and you can just Mm -hmm. move on and then it's just like you know either either like worst case you move on and you just um, spend a moment fleshing out the travel and you can always improvise like if someone attaches more like import to something than you had planned uh, then you can always uh, run with it if you want. Uh, saying that, like having little moments during this journey, like a kind of like montage thing, it might be like a good opportunity to use those um, those skills and those little bits of knowledge that people don't normally end up being able to use in the game. Like every character has those like little bits of knowledge or those like little skill checks or whatever that actually never are of any use. Like for for instance, like if you're I don't know, like if your dwarven character has never been able to really be like, oh, I this I know what this stone is, because that's a thing that I've got I know about stones. <laughs> yeah. You could just have like I don't know, as I was saying before, like the they, they come across like what well, looks like a, a cave system where it's been mined away a little bit, and then the, the dwarven character is like, oh, the first time that I have ever used this thing, how about it then? It could, yeah, it could be a good opportunity for that. Or like if there's just some random writing in the middle of like a very old statue in the middle of a forest and it's the only thing in the entire world that's ever written in Celestial. <laughs> that one character that took it because they thought it sounded really cool because like, wow, that's the language of like the gods and the angels. That's awesome. I want to take that. And then they learn that nothing in the world has it, you know? Definitely. Yeah, I, I, I've always struggle with making the things a bit more interesting and more interactive than just there's an encounter that you go along the way. The one time that I tried, it was successful for a little while because uh, it was a group of people that were, their whole thing was they were supposed to be going to map out a cave. And so they brought like a ranger along and they're like, okay, you just go in 
search all the rooms, draw out a map of what you see. Um, and then some of the players like really wanted to actually try drawing the map. And that was, it was really cool. So for like a little while, they were, they were drawing it and they were asking me like, if it seems right for like half of it, they were very into that. And then the other half, there was like, I don't understand how the rooms look anymore. And they got frustrated. There was like, <laughs> okay, we're just drawing the map now. Fucking it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Like just, just imagine that our characters are doing it. It's like, oh, it's, it was good for such a short amount of time. <sighs> maybe it could have maybe worked if there was, I don't know, like if I had brought along some like nice parchmenty paper and been like, look, you can <laughs> do it all yourselves and bring some like colored crayons or whatever for them to play with. Because, eh, yeah, bitches yeah. like crayons. I don't know. No, it's cool. But, uh, I, it, it, yeah, it kind of feels like, yeah, I, I don't know whether they, if they were, if they were doing like exact room dimensions and everything, like, yeah, that can. Can get really. They they weren't trying, but it was just it 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 culminated in um me having described one of the rooms as so big that you couldn't see the other side of it. Um, <laughs> that's that's hard to map. Wow. <laughs> it was a big map. Mean. It was a big map. Like, to be fair, it was right. It was also in the dark, so like they could and they didn't have dark vision, oh. so like they couldn't see the other side of it for a lot of reasons. But they, they were just like drawing it to themselves. Uh, and then afterwards, they, they showed their map to the table and no one knew what was going on because they apparently hadn't listened when I said it was giant and had just drawn, like, the world's tiniest room. <laughs> <laughs> and so everyone was lost and it was just a bad time. <laughs> right, so, fair uh, I have my, um, yeah, so, yeah, because it's, uh, it's interesting because I, I have a player in my other group who um, pretty much always draws everything, like, as we're, as we're going um, and just kind of has it open for everyone and, like, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I guess it's just something that yeah, that's something that yeah. either you enjoy doing or you don't. I guess <laughs> that's always good when you do have like players that enjoy that kind of thing. Like, because I, I used for for a character that I play, she likes drawing little things down. So anytime that the the DM describes a flower or something, I always end up drawing it and like making a little notebook. So I'm making my own little scrapbook, and that's very mm. cute. I like that. Very uh, much. That's just about how great I am. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I realized that's, that's what I was saying. I was like, no, that's just me being like, how cool am I, huh? That's uh, very great. That's very cool. <laughs> Thanks, Kay. <laughs> I drew a shark one time. <laughs> You're a good shark. Draw a happy little cloud. Oh, I will. When the DM talks about a really cool cloud, I shall draw that down. It'd be great. <laughs> Sometimes clouds produce precipitation. Pre- precipitation. Oh, goodness. <laughs> It's true. Sometimes they do. (laughs) Insert the learning the rules with Kai jingle. (laughs) That's just the rules of the universe, though. That's fine. I mean, it rains in D and D too. (laughs) That's true. It does. Ooh, could you like implement that in exploration stuff? Uh, A weather system. Yeah, Yeah, there there, there are are plenty of random uh, weather systems I've seen online. Yeah. Wait. Um, I have a pun. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll wait for the pun. Execute pun. Okay. Go for it. I, 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 I hear clouds are the reigning champions. Of what? Yeah. Of what? the of... universe. Oh, okay. <laughs> Not though. It's a good pun. I'm very proud of it. You guys are just haters. I'm going to go play Kingdom Hearts. Bye. <laughs> I hope you get a gummy ship level. You guys don't love me. I tried for good. At least I'll own adventure now. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Hello there, nerds, and welcome to the middle of the podcast break chat with your boy. 
It's me. That's me. I'm. It, it is me. It's me. It's your boy. Uh, thank you all for coming along on this good little adventure this week. Hope you're enjoying the episode so far, and I also hope you continue to like it afterwards. I don't want the enjoyment to stop here. I don't think. Um, but yeah, thank you for coming along. If you stay to the end, then you will hear some plugs from Alfred and Kai and myself. Uh, we'll have some more speculation on Emily's future project that will be coming out at some point, unless this is a weird long con that I don't understand. Whatever. Uh, if you want to find us over on CritChat, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash CritChat, all one word, or on twitter.com forward slash crit underscore chat, or on our Discord, which is wherever you, in the description, wherever you're listening to this, I messed it up, I'm not going to do a retake, fuck it. But yeah, if you go there, then you can be a part of the good CritChat family, it also gets us out there a little bit more, people actually think that uh, we're a podcast that people listen to, which helps us. Uh, also, if you do go onto our Twitter and you talk to us there, then you get a little shout out on your on the show like this. First off, the beautiful Sarah, aka I'm your hero, is sh- going showing us all of the cool swag that she got for our, our crit chat uh, secret Santa, which is really cute and good. So go over there uh, to our Twitter if you want to see that. Also, thanks to Eamon Connolly at Eamon for for shouting out our good good goblin episode. Apparently. Everyone loves goblins as much as we do. I don't know why why people have only come until like this point now to realize that everyone loves goblins. Um, but now we're all in this together. So thank you for shouting out the app. And I hope that you enjoy the amount that we're going to talk about goblins in the future. Because it's going to be a lot. Also, thank you to our in-episode at Penny Blue, who is uh, shouting out uh, one of the other things we do. It's half damage, uh, letting letting the Fibromancer know that we are doing that good, good shit over on the half damage, which lends me to my new segue. It's not a new segue. It's the same old segue as per usual. Um, but yeah, if you want to listen to half damage, you should definitely do that. Uh, it's a Curse of Strahd with a twist uh, D&D actual play podcast uh, that I DM. It is a rip-roaring good time. I don't know why I use that turn of phrase but it is very very fun and very very good like if I wasn't on the show I would still listen to the show because I think it's genuinely hilarious and it's very very good so <laughs> I would very much suggest you go and listen to it it would it would make me feel good if you did so if yeah if you want a fun adventure head over to half damage that can be found wherever podcasts are found on like iTunes or on your podcast apps just everywhere so thank you to all those people who helped us out by shouting us out on Twitter that really really helps us out if you want to do that, that would be great. Get a shout on the show and you get all of our love. Also, if you want to help us out in a money's way, in a cash dollar way, uh, then you can head over to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash crit chat, all one word. You can donate at a bunch of different levels. You get a bunch of different rewards. One being an amazing one that at any level you can come and play D&D with us. We do it like every other Sunday. And uh, Alfred's DMing it. And it's a fucking, I'll do it again. It's a rip roaring good time. Also, I'm just going to go ahead and re-shout out all of our $8 plus Patreons because they're they're excellent they're excellent friends and we love them very much. So thank you again to Kieran, to Sarah, to Emily, and to Thomas. You are all sweet angels and I love you very, very much. And a mass compliment, all of you have the best name. I don't know how that works, but you all do. It's just the best name. You you won. You won best name. But yes, I will let you go back to the episode, see if Emily's done playing Kingdom Hearts long enough to do the episode. Uh, if you want to watch uh, Crit Chat live, then you can do so on Tuesdays at 5pm GMT over on AT Cup Gamer. Uh, but if not, we will see you on Saturdays. Goodbye, friends. Back. Oh, <laughs> hi. 
Welcome back. Welcome back. You okay? How Happy was your journey? Happy about it. Uh. <laughs> I got my ship crashed. <laughs> no! So I had to come back. <laughs> Boo. Oh, Christ. Mm. Um, but yeah, I was just like, while you're you're exploring, exploring? While you're exploring, and you just like roll on your random, your random weather generator, if you can kind of implement that in the exploration mm. to make it seem a little bit more dynamic, you yeah. Know? So I was gonna. Yeah, I was gonna say Tomb of Annihilation does have a uh, a weather. Yeah, we- like weather affects uh, pretty much everything in the uh, overworld exploration side of the game. Oh. So like, yeah, yeah. but okay. it's to- you're you're totally right. Like, um, it's yeah, like even like like even like mundane weather, like uh, just like a rainstorm, um, it like affects how fast you move through areas, and uh, you can have it affect. Um, all sorts of like checks when you're trying to perceive things and when you're trying to um, not get lost, like it, it can affect yeah. any, anything like that. It can also affect um, which, uh, what encounters can happen. Certain encounters can only happen in the rain. Certain, maybe some monsters are only like, you know, um, around in the, in, in rainy season. I don't know. Uh, yeah. But yeah, totally right. And it also, it's, it's also a good way to like, like I'm, like I keep saying, like define the environment that you're in. Like, yeah, like what mm-hmm. kind of weather can happen there? Like, if you're in a tropical rainforest, there's going to be some crazy weather stuff that can happen. Yeah, the other way I've um, heard, which is a good way to like determine what weather is happening at at any given time, it's just you pick a country in the world which has a similar climate to where your players are, and then just look at look at the weather report and uh, see what the weather is right now. Uh, <laughs> I like that. Very quick and easy. That's cool. <laughs> Because then you, it's not even, you're not even limited to a tape. You, you're just like, you, you just like yeah. interpret it yourself. And yeah, that's cool. I'm into that. I like that other than when you've played like a couple of days in game, but you're on the same one day while you're playing. You're just like, well, it's still the same amount well, they, of degrees and weather, they, but whatever. They have seven day forecasts. You know that, right? Ah, that makes sense. <laughs> I'm good with that. Cool. <laughs> Problem solved. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm I'm more into the idea of things in your exploration and in your travels that aren't necessarily combat encounters kind of thing. Like as you say, like the there's only like specific kinds of enemy and stuff that come out in specific weathers, which is cool. But like I, I keep thinking more and more about plants and stuff for games because I always have kind of glossed over them because I don't really give a shit. But yeah. uh, it's just things that could be interesting like okay i've been watching I, I watched all of series of unfortunate events because i loved the books and the show is very very good oh, hell um, yeah. right oh, so good um and it had the mycelium mycelium which is a, a mushroom that only grows or like only expands at certain times of day so i was thinking something along those lines like the only kind of like bloom i guess when it's raining or some shit like that or when it's a very specific temperature so people will go along the road and just pick up some like some little mushrooms and they're like oh shit look at these cool little mushrooms and they take them along um but as soon as it starts raining like they release some spores or some crap and um murder everyone you know like cool (laughs) shit like that That that's cool cool murder things now you were joking about well we were joking about before but i um I really think putting mushrooms just as a, a random encounter in your game is a really good idea. Right. Um, you have, uh, when you do so, there are four, like, obvious, there's four obvious options of what, what these mushrooms could be. Because mm-hmm. um, the play, you, you put mushrooms there, the players immediately want to eat them, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's just how it works. And so the mushrooms could either do nothing, be very <laughs> poisonous, very poisonous. <laughs> they could be hallucinogens. Oh, um, yes. Or they could be actual magic. 
Ooh, okay. And the thing is, like, the players, like, you can not know what they are right up until the point where the player eats them and then mm-hmm. decide which is the funniest in that specific moment. <laughs> yeah. And it's always, it's always very good. I, 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 like the, I like the point that it's, they could be either hallucinogenic or right. magic because then it's like maybe, maybe you're describing that they have this cool magic power like, oh, mm-hmm. you're totally invisible, man. And then it turns out that they're just really, <laughs> really tripping. Or like mm. the, the counter of that of like, here's like, oh, everything starts to get wavy and like everything's gone like purple and pink and it's super weird, but they've like fallen into like a parallel universe where everything <laughs> is pink and wavy, you know? <laughs> so you mean Dumbo. Yes. Oh, I do mean like Dumbo. <laughs> I mean like that nightmare. Emily, okay, I need to ask. Yeah. You you are a lover of that fucking tunnel scene <laughs> in uh, Willy Wonka, the Chocolate <sighs> Factory. Do you also love the pink elephants on parade? Is that a thing or Dumbo is my favorite Disney movie? So. Emily, is it because of that though? It's because is it, it be- has elephants in it. I mean, that's good. It's a very I- racist movie at points, but it's, it's one yeah. of my favorite movies, which is really hard for me. That's okay, <laughs> but-, but like you, you've still not answered. My it never freaks me most- out. I love the pink elephants on parade. Yeah, scene. that's what I was worried about. It is about. so that, cool. That was the fear. That's what I thought. So that's, what I was, that's what I thought. I also loved the Wicked Witch of the the West, East oh, well, yeah, West in Wizard of Oz, and everybody was always frightened of her and her monkeys. Oh no, she like, was just rad, right? And so I'm just, I'm just weird. It's weird <laughs> that I never went through like a real goth phase and i call real goth like only dressing in black true, all day every day true and golf. like having that it just hasn't happened nest yet. hair Ooh. uh <laughs> because i loved all the goth shit yeah <laughs> <laughs> like i was i was i was uh tm 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 fake golf uh the 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 scene kid so like i feel like I should have been into things. I feel like at some point I pretended that I was into them because I was like, oh yeah, I'm so uh, hardcore and messed up. So I love freaky shit, but I could never get there with either the tunnel scene nor the pink elephants who were both very, very spooky, TM. You see, I was, I think I would have been goth, but I wanted friends too badly. <laughs> See, see, here's the problem. My foray into scene kingdom was so that I could get friends because half of my school were were very preppy and the other half were all scene kids or golf kids. You mean in the UK in their early 2000s? Well, I know, what? I know. It's baffling. <laughs> People are preppy in Scotland and England? I know, right? Uh, I can't believe it. It was a weird time. Well, like, yeah, thought it would get me accepted. It did not. Hey, guys, don't don't become a scene kid because you think you'll get friends. It doesn't work. Uh. Hi, welcome to Scene It Junior. <laughs> What color was your hair in middle school? Was it not your natural color? Was it not Uh, a color that looks natural? Congrats to my missing kid. uh, Excuse you. uh, I had my natural hair color, except I put purple streaks in it. They were washout. Yep. (laughs) That's so edge. (laughs) I didn't want to dye my hair because I was scared it would never go back to its original color. (laughs) All right, so is is there anything else that can make traveling more interesting or exploration exploration more interesting? Yeah, I find um, I find that what happens a lot of the times is traveling uh, from point A to point B is sort of treated as this thing that's sort of outside 
the main story. It's sort of a, um, it's almost a distraction from the story. It's just like, yeah. Uh, and so I just feel like as a DM, put important plot points when they're traveling. You okay. know, just sort of like okay. that person they run into along the road, that and that, that it will happen no matter what because you as the DM decide it. If they go left when they should mm-hmm. go right, well, they, 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 meet, they meet that person on that road anyway. He's there too. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's 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 the one who killed yeah. that guy's father and, and yeah. set off yeah, the yeah. whole chain. Yeah, you know, like important it's plot Sh- Schrodinger's plot device. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Except for it's always there. <laughs> Instead of waiting for the party to get to the city where that happens anyway, have it be part of the traveling thing so that it doesn't feel like a separate part of the game. Okay. It's just, if it's not, it doesn't feel like a separate part of the game. It just feels like just the game. People don't get that weird feeling where, like, they feel like it's pointless. Yeah, someone that someone that's gonna be important to the plot, but you don't know it at that point. It kind of thing. It doesn't have to be that. Just like any any plot thing, like the when the attack yeah. happens, you're on the road, and so you see <laughs> the the army's charge or something. Like I don't know. Yeah. I'll, uh, just uh, and yeah, to make to make just a kind of a separate point, I guess. <laughs> I think travel is interesting as its own um, as its own thing, like individual character stuff, stuff and um, side quests, and just general world building as well. It, it's a Absolutely. way of um, avoiding having to do exposition because, like, you don't you don't need a character to tell someone that something is there when the players have all just like walked past it and you've described it as if they were there. Like, yeah. it's a lot more interesting. It, like, it, it it's a lot more um, visceral. It, it sounds like uh, I, I was going to make another point, but now I just want to stay on this one. Like it, it feels <laughs> like I, I think it is. It, it's, it is a really big. It, it makes a really big difference, right? Like it, it sounds so kind of stupid, but it's like the difference between an in like an NPC telling you about something and like having the DM tell you as the character. Yeah, uh, but for some reason, I think that is a big is a big difference. It is experiential versus um, exposition, but. Anyway, um, I think exploration. <laughs> I, like, I like that you took that in a in a route where you sounded like you were interrupting yourself. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was. Like, Sorry, uh, just just like before you make your point, me. I'm just. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that's exactly what happened. <laughs> me of me of twenty seconds voice. ago is very annoyed at the me of five seconds ago. Um, but yes, no, from a, from a game's perspective, I guess, I think it's interesting. There's a lot of interesting challenges there. Um, like the feeling that it's not interesting is going to be kind of coming from the same place as feeling that all combat isn't particularly interesting. I mean, D&D is structured as, as, as kind of an RPG and I think like it's worthwhile in the same way that combat is worthwhile because it's about earning things for your character and like you have to work, work for the plot points and you have to work to actually like succeed in defeating the big bad evil guy or whatever and i think uh exploration works a lot like that i, I kind of think of it like it, like if you imagine that you have like the ability to teleport to specific teleportation circles unlocking those circles is going to be like a challenge so like you'll have this one time where you'll have to like really push through the wilderness and have this survival gameplay for a bit uh, but then you get there and you get the teleportation circle and then you've conquered that place right you've achieved mastery over that part of the world and now you can go there whenever you please um and i think just that, like Skyrim. yeah you're unlocking fast travel points yes and i think that is inherently satisfying and um i think it's a good way to stru- structure like a like a long form campaign i also had another thought if you um just sort of forgo uh traveling as much as possible and uh not worry about it but you don't like the idea of just sort of like the flight fade to black and now you're there something that happened in real life is there were carriage services 
which were specifically designed mm-hmm. so that like uh, people who could okay. afford it could not have to worry about travelling. They would just yeah, pay yeah, somebody yeah. and they'd get in the carriage and then a few hours later or a few days later, depending on how far they're going, they'd be there. Yeah, um, okay. And so maybe, like, like maybe that, present yeah. that as an option to your players. Like, say, it's going to be expensive, but if you don't want to travel, you can just get in the carriage. Yeah. Until, of yeah. course, you're, like, stopped by uh, by robbers on the road and stuff and held up, because, of course, that has to happen at some point, right? Of course. Of course. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. J- just, I, I just feel like I have to be 100% certain. If if you if there are roads to the place, then I do not give a shit about playing exploration gameplay. <laughs> like everything that I'm saying <laughs> is purely about wildernesses and like yeah. completely oh. untamed areas. Like if you're going from a city to a city and there's a road, either there's a specific plot thing that will happen along the way, or I don't care. <laughs> like that isn't interesting. Along the roads, but they're usually pretty tame. It's like the other people you come across. Sometimes they might be nefarious in nature, but generally, or just suspicious. But and maybe if it's a particularly uh, unsavory path, there might be ba- uh, brigands on the road and stuff like that. Brigands, but... sorry, brigands. <laughs> it just, it's just a very good word that I needed to shout. I yeah. guess it reminds Absolutely. me of brigadoon. Brigadoon, brigadoon. Okay, well that's apparently uh, what we're ending this episode on. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. That feels like how this should end. <laughs> We're going to wrap up there. Uh, let's do some plugs. Alfred, what you got for us? Oh, um, <laughs> hello. Uh, I, <laughs> so I, 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 uh, I stream occasionally on Twitch. Um, I'm at Penny Blue. Come and hang out and say hello. It's always nice to see people. Main thing I'll, I'll plug is our, our Patreon. Um, I'm running a uh, kind of an open table game for any patrons and um crit chat guests it is a sci-fi game we're playing our next our first actual session on sunday i think and uh, yeah i'm excited if you want to be a part of that head over to patreon.com forward slash crit chat all one word emily is your thing ready or is this still a surprise secret for later it's, it's still a surprise secret okay. for later i'm so excited so excited thanks guys I, I it makes me happy I'm so excited. I like. I'm, I'm excited for it to uh, for you to be like, oh, I've finally done it, and it's just you doing an uh, all sock pocket remake of the tunnel scene, <laughs> and then like <laughs> plugging your Kickstarter for it. That's that's my current theory. <laughs> that's a that very good right. theory. Uh, it may become reality. Uh, Kai, what you got for us? Uh, yeah, so I do uh, two other podcasts. They've um, been a bit on hiatus at the moment, but uh, one of them should be coming back very soon, and the other one should be coming back a bit sooner after that. Um, first one is Brothers in Time, and that is a Doctor Who podcast I uh, do with my brother, and we discuss Doctor Who not as much as we should. <laughs> By uh, the time you listen to this on podcast, there should be new episodes. And uh, the other podcast I do is called Between Scorch and Shade, and that is a... Um, science fantasy D&D actual play podcast I do with some of uh, the lovely folks from Crit Chat here. <laughs> Ismay does all the sound effects now. I do all the... Like, to be fair, that one episode I did do sound effects Yes. while I was very sleepy and essentially comatose while we played. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so I remember the... I sent you a picture of me I remember the floor, floor selfie, yeah. <laughs> That one's not out. <laughs> well, if there's one that makes it sound like I am on the floor having a little nap, then you'll know. <laughs> 
Uh, if you want to find me, you can find me on twitch.tv forward slash ATeacupGamer. I play games and do things. I don't do that much else. It's mostly the games playing thing. Uh, but yeah, you go over there and check me out and we'll we'll play games together. And that would be fun. Uh, you can find Crit Chat on iTunes, search in Crit Chat and Podcast and leave a five-star review for this five-star show. Or find us on all the best podcasts at... Podcasts? I can't speak today. All those podcasts. Oh, the podcasts. Who doesn't love a podcast? Um, but yeah, you can watch us uh, live on Tuesdays at 5pm GMT over on AT Cup Gamer, uh, or just find us on Saturdays when these come out. Until then, I've been Ismay. I've been Alfred. I've been Emily. And I've been Kai. And I forgot <laughs> that we don't have music, but oh well, you've been listening to Crit Chat. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it.